Good morning, everyone. I invite you to stand and face the font as we begin worship together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Let us confess our sins. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us to amend what we are and direct what we shall be, that we may do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our God. Amen. Dear friends, in the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all of our sins. Called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
Let us pray. Eternal light, shine in our hearts. Eternal wisdom, scatter the darkness of our ignorance. Eternal compassion, have mercy on us. Turn us to seek your face and enable us to reflect your goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The first reading this morning is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 7 to 9. Thus says the Lord, Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, Save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor, together. A great company they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. We will read the psalm responsively. Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our, Our feet, feet are, are standing within, within your, your gates, gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together, to it the tribes go up, the, the tribes, tribes of the Lord. Lord. As it was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord, for the there the, the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones for the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For the, For the sake, sake of, of my relatives, relatives and, friends, and friends, I will, I will say, say, peace be, peace with be you. within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. The second reading is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, verses 23 to 38. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able for all time to save those who approach God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, blameless, undefiled, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he has no need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for those of the people. This he did once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests those who are subject to weakness. But the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be to God.
This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus and his disciples came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed Jesus on the way. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Last week, I was on a call with the bishop and some of the other clergy from around our synod. We had periodic check-ins, and those usually begin with the bishop asking us how things are going in the congregations we serve. The answers, to be honest, aren't all that interesting. Some well, some not so well, most somewhere in between, depending on the day. What is interesting are the reasons why people say what they do. If things are going well, how do you know they're going well? And if they're not going well, how do you know they're not going well? There are a whole bunch of indicators that people look at to get a sense of how things are going. They keep an eye on the number of people who participate in worship. They look at how the confirmation kids are doing. They judge how much good the congregation is doing in the community. They examine how people are growing in roles of service and leadership. And throughout the pandemic, I've tried to keep tabs on how things are going here by looking at something a little bit different. And that's how people talk about our community. Not just what people say, not just whether people are doling out compliments or spewing complaints, but the mechanics of how they're putting their sentences together. When people talk about our congregation, do they start their sentences with the church, or do they start their sentences with we? That probably seems insignificant, but that little word choice reveals quite a bit about the story people have in their heads, about their mental model they're not actually saying, but they're kind of assuming. When people start their sentences with the church, they're telling a story that assumes some distance. The church is something that exists over there. It's distinct from me, and I don't have much ability to shape it or change it or enrich it. If something good happens, it's nice, but I don't feel any real connection to it. And if there's a problem, I wonder why somebody isn't taking care of it. 
If you think about church this way, you tend to use words like affiliated, volunteer, and donate. But when people start their sentences with we, they have a different picture in mind. They're not assuming distance. The church is something that I'm a part of. I can shape it, I can change it, I can enrich it. If something good happens, I feel proud of my contributions. And if there is a problem, I think of how I might help solve it. If you think about church this way, you tend to use words like participate, serve, and support. And that little difference in word choice reveals a big difference in perspective. And that different perspective is what stewardship is all about. We often think of stewardship as just anything that has to do with God and money, but it's really not. It's about you, your relationship with God's mission, how you locate yourself. Stewardship is just what it means when you see yourself as part of God's mission in the world. Stewardship is just what happens when you start your sentences with we. And that's exactly what this year's stewardship emphasis, bound firmly together, is all about. And it's one, I'll let you in on a secret here, that we had to be really careful with when we were planning. When Bill Whitney and I were planning this year's theme, we knew we wanted to emphasize together, but we couldn't figure out exactly how to do it. Our first thought was back together, but something about that felt off. It might make it sound like we haven't been together, which we have, or that we're just going back to the way things used to be, which we're not. I suggested build back better together, which Bill said we could not do, so thank you, Bill. And then Bill had a really good idea. That we should focus on Psalm 122, which begins, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. The psalm comes from what are called the Psalms of Ascent. And these are songs that were used during the pilgrimage people would take from their homes to the temple in Jerusalem. So these are psalms filled with expectation and hope and a better future. And we typically hear this psalm on the first Sunday of Advent, a time when we begin that hopeful expectation of God's presence among us. And this psalm has particular resonance for this community because our first service as a congregation was on the first Sunday of Advent. And I couldn't find the lectionary for that Sunday, but it's about a one in three chance that this was the psalm for the day. And I imagine the psalm articulated some of the joy this congregation's founding members felt. What might the body of Christ accomplish and bring forth in this place? And I imagine it says something to all of you who are present at this transitional moment as well. What might the body of Christ accomplish and bring forth now? And to be honest, if we had picked this theme two years ago, it wouldn't have meant a whole lot. It just sounds like another cliche that's fine, but you don't really think twice about it. But we've had to put this belief to the test over the past year and a half. Are we actually a community of people who are bound firmly together? Or do we just say that when things are easy? It's been difficult. Let me tell you how this looks from my sort of perspective. 
It's been hard to tell people that their weddings and confirmations have to be on some date indefinitely far in the future. It's been hard to watch people tell their friends that they can't come to their parents' memorial service. It's been difficult for some people to learn how to communicate their needs and what they need and what they want. Do you want pastoral counseling? It's been difficult to come up with guidelines that minimize risk while still allowing us to do things. It's been hard. And it's okay, I would say good, to actually acknowledge that. And that going to the house of the Lord, creating this community of word and sacrament and mutual consolation has looked different over the past year and a half. Sometimes we came to the house of the Lord in a pre-recorded service. Those were not very good. I watched one the other day. Sometimes we came to the house of the Lord on Zoom. Sometimes we came to the house of the Lord outside on the lawn. And sometimes we came to the house of the Lord in the sanctuary. The location changes. The guidelines change. The details change. But we've always come to the house of the Lord bound firmly together. We've come a long way, and we've done a lot of good work together. And it's not because we have some special skill or some unique talent or some rare gift. It's because we believe that we've been bound firmly together. You know that, and I know you know that. Because even though it's been difficult after all this time, you still start your sentences with we. You still see this as your community that you get to shape, inform, and enrich. You still ask, how can we inspire people? How can we strengthen systems that support God's people? How can we give hope to people when it doesn't seem justified? When as long as we're asking how we can do that, we're doing okay. It doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean we won't have disagreements. It doesn't mean we get everything we want. But it means that we're staying focused together on what really matters and how God is working in and among all of us together. And here's one last reason why I like this psalm as a way to think about stewardship. I like it because it's an invitation. We are going to the house of the Lord. It's not a psalm about the church. It's a psalm about us. It's a psalm about God's people who are bound together on the way. Not people who are bound together because they get along all the time. Not a psalm about a group of people who like each other. Not a psalm about a group of people who agree on everything. It's a psalm about a group of people who've been bound together because God is leading them to the same place. They're going to the city of God, and so are we all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Let's join the church around the world confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Set free from sin and death, and nourished by the word of truth, we join in prayer for all of God's creation. Risen One, we give you thanks for congregations and ministries throughout the world that serve as centers of prayer and action. Empower missionaries, teachers, healers, evangelists, and all who are sent to share your song of joy. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Holy One, we give you thanks for generous land that produces abundant harvests. Strengthen and protect soils from rooftop gardens to prairie farmlands. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Ruling One, we give you thanks for leaders of nations who work to build up the common good. Strengthen efforts of reconciliation among all nations, that peace extends in every direction. We pray especially this week for the people of the Caribbean. Hear us, O God. Healing One, we give you thanks for all who labor for the health of others. Comfort and strengthen all who struggle with chronic pain. Send healing and relief to all who are sick. At this time, if you have any names that you would like to add, do them aloud or in your heart. Hear us, O God. May we never so take for granted the gifts your bounteous grace provides as to become victims of the callousness that produces an abundance of waste. And save us, we ask you, from becoming purveyors of the careless and irresponsible disposal of the waste we produce. Hear us, O God. With thanksgiving, we remember those who have died. Keep us in communion with all the saints until we, at last, find our rest in you. Hear us, O God. We offer these prayers in the name of the one who leads us on this way, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always and also, and also with you.
Let us pray. God of all goodness and grace, receive, receive the, the gifts, gifts we, we offer, and grant that our whole life may give you glory and praise. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be he with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. It is he who comes in the name of the Lord, O that I am a higher. Holy God, mighty Lord, endless is your mercy and eternal your reign. You have filled all creation with light and life. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. We praise you for the grace shown to your people in every age, the promise to Israel the rescue from Egypt, the gift of the promised land, the words of the prophets, and at this end of all the ages, the gift of your Son, who proclaimed the good news in word and deed and was obedient to your will, even to giving his life. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, O God, with this bread and cup, we remember the life our Lord offered for us. In believing the witness of his resurrection, we await his coming in power to share with us the great and promised feast. Send, we pray, your Holy Spirit, that we who share Christ's body and blood may live to the praise of your glory and receive our inheritance with all your saints in light. Join our prayers with those of your servants of every time and place and unite them with the ceaseless petitions of our great high priest until he comes as victorious Lord of all. For through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. This is the body of Christ given for you, and the blood of Christ shed for you. Let us pray. God of abundance, you have fed us with the bread of life and cup of salvation. You have united us with Christ and with one another. 
And you have made us one with all your people, people in, in heaven, heaven and, and on earth. earth. Now send us forth in the power of your Spirit, that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world, and continue forever in the risen life of Christ our Savior. Amen. time, we open it up for announcements. I invite you to have a seat, first of all, because people might have a lot of announcements. I don't know. Does anyone have any announcements they want to share with people? No? Okay. I have a few things I want to let you know. 
Uh, confirmation squad, you're going to hang out with me after worship. Is it warm enough to meet outside? It might be. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, this Wednesday at 6.30, we have our final midweek adult ed session on church history. We're covering 1517 to 2021. So that's at 6.30 on Wednesday. It's going to be quick, you know. Uh, and then the final thing I want to let you know is All Saints Sunday is on November 7th. Uh, two things you should know about that. One is if you have names of people who've been baptized in the past year or who've died in the past year, you can either call the church office or my you know, cell or whatever and leave a message and they'll go in. Or there's a Google form you can use if you want to use that too. I also need to be away that Sunday. And so uh, we're going to have a lay-led service, and I'm looking for someone who's able to either read a pre-written reflection uh, or come up with your own homily for the day. I think everyone should try that at least once. And I, I want to let you know, as we're sort of looking ahead, um, when I'm on leave this winter, there's a real shortage of pastors in the Synod right now. They're having supply chain issues getting the pastors in. So we don't have supply pastors. We don't have pulpit supply. So for some amount of time, lay-led stuff is going to become the norm here. So this is a chance uh, for us to get used to that now. Okay? That sound good? That sounds good. Okay. Jody, why don't you get out here for the blessing and dismissal? That would be perfect. These people have a 1030 brunch reservation, so I want to get them out. All right, I invite you to receive the blessing. Uh, why don't you stand for this? Sorry, I'm, I'm still getting used to the way of doing things like this. Lord, we have broken your bread and received your life. By the power of your Spirit, keep us always in your love, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace, live in joy. Thanks be to God.